Bokatov, welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Dafyomi. We're now in Ktubot Daftsadi Chet Amud Aleph, uh, in third, in the fourth Mishnah of the eleventh Matayim. Uh, we have a circumstance where, and we'll be dealing in our entire sugya with issues of agents under or overselling and typically underselling, uh, property, uh, that the, uh, principal has commissioned them to sell. And so we have to keep in mind that in our circumstance, the heirs are the commissioner or the principal, and the almana selling the property is the agent. All right, almana shaitak time. So the scenario is an almana who has a ktuba of 200, um, meaning she was married as a betula in a typical ktuba of matayim, and now she's a widow. She sold either, and the difference here is critical, uh, either a field worth a hundred, she sold for two hundred, which means she's collected a full amount, but the heirs have only lost a hundred, or Shavematai Manet, she sold a land worth two hundred, which means the heirs have lost all that they were due to lose, but she only collected one hundred, in either case, the Ktuba settlement is finished. All right, we'll have to see why that's the case. Let's say that she had a Ktuba of only one hundred, and she sold land worth a hundred and one for a hundred. Mechra Batel. The entire sale is no good, and that will be a key point in our discussion in the Gemara. Even if she says, I will return the extra dinar of, uh, uh, that I, oh, that I undersold, uh, to the heirs, so the heirs will not be out anything, nonetheless the sale is invalid. disagrees, but only with the fine point of how much of a surplus is considered, considered to invalidate. The position of Tanakama is that any surplus, even one dinar, invalidates. Shem Gamliel says the deal is valid. He said that if she's selling a field, it has to have at least nine kabin worth that were included in the sale. It should not have been. Uh, in a vegetable garden, one eighteenth of that shear, a half of that size is significant enough. In other words, according to Shimon Gamliel, it has to be a significant field that was included that should not have been included. Now, last case, if the Ketua was 400, meaning she sold 100, 100, 100, and then the last one she sold, she sold value of 101 for 100. All the deals are valid except for the last one, which is Batel, which seems to be going over the old material, and we'll have to see what the new information in that piece is. All right, the first question the Gemara asks is, My why do we say that if she sold land worth 200 for 100, she's finished? The heir should say to her, you lost, you sold poorly, and so we're finished. So if that's the case, then meaning that if the, if the difference is borne by her, then so if she sold land worth 100 for 200, she should be able to say, I profited, I sold wisely, and therefore I should still have 100 coming to me. This is where Rebbe taught the principle that everything goes to the principal, to the commissioner, to the dispatcher, and not to the agent. Speaking about a circumstance in which an agent is sent with a particular amount of money to sell it, to buy something, or a particular property to sell it, and gains. Who gets the gain? The gain goes to the principal, the one who sent him. Kiritanya, as we have the following Brita in Demai about buying food, if they gave the shaliach 
more than he paid for. In other words, you sent me with $100 to buy fruit, and they gave me $100 worth of fruit, and they gave me extra. Hakol the shaliach to Rabbi Yudah. Yudah says that extra goes to the shaliach. Rabbi Yossi Omer Cholkein. Rabbi Yossi disagrees and says the shaliach has to divide that profit, as it were. It's almost like a mitzvah has to divide it with the fellow who sent him. I, Rabbi Yossi himself said it all goes to the guy who sent me. We don't split it. So how do we reconcile those two? It depends. If it's something that has a set price, like a market price, like fruit, then we split it. If, on the other hand, it's something that's not of a set price, because there are eager buyers who will spend more, typically on land, uh, then we say it all goes the Balamaot, and that's of course the case in our Mishnah, where it is land that she's selling. She sold land worth 100 for, uh, so, so, uh, 100 for 200. The 200, as it were, goes to the heirs, meaning the heirs are considered to have paid her the full 200. She cannot claim, I profited the extra 100 and you still owe me 100, and she's done. It's based on the Psak of Rabiosi and the reconciliation of Ram Barchama. And now what's the ruling? We end up accepting Rami Barchama's reconciliation, uh, resolution. My Kamashpalan, what is that teaching us? That's just teaching us that the way Rami Barchama reconciled and re- resolved the two readings of Rabiosi, uh, is valid. Good. Now, here's a question that's going to drive the rest of the sugya. There are two versions of the question. Here's version one. Ibayalahu. If a, a man said, you go sell a letach of my property. And the guy sold two letach, a kur. Remember, a letach is half a kur. That's all I have to remember for this. So he said, and he said, go sell a letach of my property. And the fellow went and sold a kur. My. Do we say that the agent has simply expanded the agency? Meaning that, of course, the second letach is no good. But perhaps the first letach is good. And therefore, the owner cannot say to the fellow who bought it, get off my land. He could just say, get off half my land. Or perhaps that we say that the agent has subverted his commission. And therefore, and therefore the buyer now has to give it all up and the entire deal is, is reversed. How do we understand it when an agent uh, expands upon his agency? So the first area that we're going to look to in both this and the other version is going to be an area where Shlichut plays a central role, and that is the Halakha of Me'ilah. So just a quick uh, quick introduction. Me'ilah, which literally means trespass, is a word used in Chumash and Tanakh to indicate any trespass of boundaries of Kedusha. So for instance, uh, famously in, uh, in Yehoshua Zion, when Achan took from the Cherem of Yericho, that is called a Me'ilah, in in Bamidbar Parakeh, when a woman has an adulterous affair, that's called a mi'ilah. But the word mi'ilah in rabbinic Hebrew specifically and uniquely refers to using sancta for your own purposes, using kodshim for your own purposes, in which case you're chayav. However, there's a unique halacha in mi'ilah, which is that a shaliach shasashlichuto balabayit ma'al. Or to put it in, in global terms, yesh shaliach ledvar avera. Normally, if I send somebody to do a, a violation for me, and he does it, he's culpable, not me, who told him to listen to me. There's a unique zerat ha-katuv and me'ilah, which is that if I send you, I give you money that's hectic, and I say, go buy this stuff, and you buy it for me exactly the way I told you, then I'm chayav, and you're patur, you did exactly what I said. Yesh shaliach ledvar avera. 
Balabayit Shaleach Shalashash Tichuto Balabayit Ma'al. So that will bring us to this area, this area, because as a result of that, testing whether Shlichut is valid, Mi'ila is a wonderful testing ground for that. Good. So now, uh, let's see if we can prove it. Yaakov Minahar Pekod Mishmed Ravina. So Toshma, let's see the first attempt to prove if I sell too much of your land, is the first half valid? I have a pile of meat, which is really kodshim meat. And I tell my butler, my, my, my waiter, you go serve them one piece. And he comes to them and says, take two. And they took three. All of them are kaktish. The halacha is that all three of us are moel. The host has been moel because he offered one. The waiter has been moel because he offered them two. And they were moel because they took three. Now, if in our circumstance of selling too much land, we say you've simply expanded on it, that's why in this case, the balabayit is chayav me'ilah, because after all, we say that shaliach just took what he said and expanded on it and included in the two pieces the shaliach offered, uh, the waiter offered, is the one that the balabayit um, told him to give. But if you say when I tell you when I tell you uh, to give them one and you give them two that you violated my words, then balabayit on my mal. Why is the balabayit to Moel? What's the general rule in Meila? If you do what I tell you, then I'm Moel. If you don't do what I tell you, then you're Moel. So why is the balabayit Moel here? Because what you did giving them two also included giving them one, which I said, which means we see your expanded expansion of the shlichut as meaning you fulfilled my shlichut and more. All right, so that should solve the problem. The answer is no. Here's the circumstance. The waiter came up to the people and said, the balabayit's offering you one. I'm offering you another one, and they took three. So here, very clearly, the balabayit shlichut was done because the waiter compartmentalized them. And that's why, in this case, everybody is moel. So we can't solve our question from this uh, bright about Mila. Toshma, so let's take a look at our Mishnah. If in, in our Mishnah, the second clause, if her ktuba was 100, and she sold land worth 101 for 100, then what is the halacha? Mechrabatel. The deal is off. Now, we uh, assume the circumstance to be as follows. My love, isn't this talking about a case where she sold land worth 101 for 101? Oh my, b'mana. So what does the Mishnah say? She sold 101 for 100. That means manashala, meaning she sold 101 for her 100. But of course, the price was a normal price, which means she sold more than the agents allowed her to, than her than her, her principal allowed her to do. She was told to sell 100. She sold 101. Of course, at fair market value, but nonetheless. My afilu, what's the afilu? Afilu Even if she says, I will return one dinar of land to the Yorshim. Nonetheless, it's no good. Doesn't that prove to you that when a shaliach oversteps his boundaries, we don't consider him to be expanding, and at least the amount he was sent for is valid, we consider the whole thing to be out? No, we're talking about a case where she really undersold. She sold land worth 101 for 100 total price. <clears throat> now that really can't be because Hamid is safe but Ozil have a ratio but Ozil. The last part of the Mishnah, which repeats the case, where he sold for a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and then for a hundred and one for a hundred, that must be a case where she undersold. 
It must be that the ratio is talking about a case where she sold at fair market value. Because why teach me the same thing twice? So we think that that case is where she sold at under market value, which means the ratio must be at market value, and it's still no good. Well, ratio is safe, but ozil. Truth is, both cases are where she has sold uh, at less than market value. So why do we need the last case? For safe, Tama does be at me. Why is it that if she um that if she undersells, it's no good. It's because she was underselling other people's property, meaning the heirs, meaning that some of what she sold was not something she had rights to, because she sold a mona of a dinar worth for a mona. But if it's her own land that she's selling, then the deal is valid. So in other words, the first hundreds that she sold were good. So now, but that we already know from the first part of the Mishnah, because the very first clause was, If she has a tuba of 200, and she sold land of 200 for 100, it's valid, which means that certainly within her own land that she has rights to, an undersale is valid. It's only when she's selling somebody else's land that she can only go up until the amount that she has a claimant. Beyond that, it invalidates the whole sale. So we so we've already got all those principles laid out. Why do we need the seifa unless the ratio is a case where she sold at fair market value and the seifa is where she undersold? Maybe we would think in the case of the seifa or of the ratio or this very first case, it, it's um, sorry. In in the very first case, we would think sure there it's valid because she's now totally out of the house. Maybe in the last case we should say all the deals are no good because um, because uh, we should make it as a as a, a protection against that last monet which has been undersold. The answer is Kamash Malan that all the deals are valid except for the last one. All right. So in other words, we still haven't solved anything, and we say that our Mishnah is talking about a case where she undersold, and therefore it's invalid. We don't know what happens when you sell at fair market value, but you overreached what you sold. That's version one. V'ikadamri. There's another version of the question. The halotibaylach. So version two starts by saying version one's a no, a no non-starter. It's not a question. If I told you to sell a letach and you sold twice as much, certainly you've added, which means the first half is valid. Where's the question arise? When I told you sell me a core, sell from a core of mine, and you sold half of that. My, then what's the deal? Can the shaliach say to him, I did a favor for you. You told me to sell an acre, I sold half an acre. Because after all, if you end up not needing all that money, now you don't have to try to get the land back. In other words, a person will only sell land if he needs money. We've seen that before. So the shaliach says, look, you're obviously selling land because you need money. I did you a favor. I got you less land. I sold less of your land. So you got less money. So if you don't need the more money, you don't have to sell more land. Maybe the Mishaleach can say, I don't want to have so many shtarot. I don't want to have so many different people I've dealt with. This guy you sold half an acre, and that guy you sold half an acre. I want to have uh, fewer buyers. So what's the what's the answer? Is the shlichut a valid shlichut when he sold less than what I told him? Back to Meila. If I give you a dinar shel zahav, which is six sela, 
And I said, go get me a cloak. So you used a three sela for a cloak, and another three you bought me a talit. Both the balabait and the shaliach were moel. So you, so what you see from here is that when the shaliach sells, um, does less than what I said, it, that it means he fulfilled my words, and that's valid. It's just that there's something left over. So, if you agree that in a circumstance like this, the shliach is considered to have done what he was told, he just changed the words, then it's valid. Then I understand why the balabait is moel. But if you claim that by selling less, he's totally subverted my words, and he hasn't done my shlichut at all, and therefore it's invalid as a shlichut, then am I ma'mal? So why is the balabite moel? Alright, so if, in other words, if, uh, if I gave you a six and I said go buy a cloak and you bought a cloak for three and a talit for three, so if we consider that you didn't really do my shlichut, why am I moel at all? So I'm asking to die to the shavashesh peshalosh. You know what happened? That the shaliach brought him a cloak valued at six for three. In other words, he found a great deal. Uh, so if that's the case, why was the shaliach moel? The answer is a talit. He was moel for the talit. In other words, the cloak was totally on the balabayit. The shaliach did exactly what the balabayit asked and got him exactly what he wanted. He just got it cheap, so he had the other three. He bought him something else. He's moel for that. So if that's the case, where the cloak was really worth the original value that he wanted, then look at the the, the descent in that bright, in that mishnah, Rabbi Yudah Omer, balabayit lomal. He said the Balabai, it's not Moel. Because the Balabai can say to the Shaliach, I wanted a nice cloak, and you got me a cheap little cloak. Sounds like he didn't get a cloak worth six. He got a cloak worth three. And that means, according to Tanakama, even though he totally underdid what he was sent to do, nonetheless, the Balabai is still credited with sending him. So the answer is no. Myra, why did, in Rabbi Huda's version, why does the Balabayit say, you got me a law, small, cheap one? It means Rabbidamim. You bought me a cheap, cheap meaning in, in its, uh, what you paid for it. Damarle, Damarle, uh, I leave a sheet because the Balabayit will say, if you had gotten me one for six, in other words, if I sent you with six and you got one that was worth six for three, if you had spent the whole six on a cloak, Koshkin Avishavitarti, sorry, it would have been worth twelve. So in other words, what according to the scenario that we're imprinting on this Mishnah is a case where the Balabayit uh sent the Shaliach to get him a cloak for three six. He bought him a six value cloak for three and then spent the other three on something else for the Balabayit. And according to Tanakama, the Balabayit is Moel, and the Shaliach is Moel, and the Balabayit is Moel because the Shaliach did exactly what the Balabayit asked him. He just got it cheaper. According to Yehuda, the Balabayit is not Moel because his issue was, I want you to spend six on a, the best cloak you can get for six. And he didn't do that. So, And we can support this approach because Rabbi Yehuda says, I agree with you that the Balabayit is Moel if what the fellow went out and bought was legumes. Why? Because legumes is something that always has a standard market value, and you can't say to me it's cheaper. This that they don't have uh, clearance sales on stuff like that. Shakitnid basello, kitnid pruta. Kitnid has a set amount that you get for a sella, a set amount that you get for a pruta. Shmamina. So we can infer that our understanding of this mishnah is correct. That what happened was the guy went out and found a cloak that was a six value cloak for three. 
Rabbi Yehuda says, the Balabite's not Moel, because you didn't do what I asked you. What I asked you to do was get me the best cloak again for six. According to Tanakama, he is Moel because I wanted a six-value cloak, and that you got me. All right, which means, again, it doesn't speak to our issue. Now, parenthetically, we want to see about this case of Ketan, what's going on. If there's a place where they sell by eyeballing it, take a bunch of Ketan for that much. So if the guy gave him a seller, then he's going to end up getting less. He's going to have a cheaper price. The answer is no. There's a place where each bean, each legume has a certain value. Each each bean or whatever it is is a pruta. Or each little basket worth is a pruta. Whatever it may be, there's a standard price. It's not done by estimation. And it's not the case where if you give a bigger amount of money, you're going to get more of an overage. That's not the case. And that's why Rabbi Yudha says that if he sent him to do, to buy Kitnit, then, and he, uh, and he somehow found it cheaper, then he agrees the Balabayat is also credited to Miyula because the Shaliach got what he wanted and he got it at a cheaper price. Now, we still haven't solved our problem with what happens if I tell you to sell property and you sold half of it. Toshmai, Taktu So the case that we had in our Mishnah, where she has a four, the end of the Mishnah, she has a Ktuba of 400. She sold it off. And the last one she sold at an underprice. They're all valid. So we think that that means that she sold basically land of 401 for 400. And we say that the entire deal is good, except for the last part, which means that, that uh, we consider the part that she was allowed to sell to be valid. And therefore we see that if I tell you to sell... Uh, a uh, certain amount, and you sell half of it, that half is a valid sale. That's what we think. No, the answer, as we see at the end of our sugya, Rav Shishbaravidi interprets that case of the 100, 100, 100, and 101 as Biktini, small parcels of land, each worth 100, and that's why she sold it that way. So I'll give the same answer here. Okay, so now we're going to get try to attack this question from another side. Pshita, it's clear to us that if I tell you sell this land to one guy and not to two, then it's clear I told you to sell to one, not to two. If you divide the land up and sell it to two, it's no good. Which of course would reflect back on our case because if I told you to sell this amount of land, you sold less, then it's kind of the same thing. Except they didn't sell, tell you sell this land and no less. I just said sell this land. What happens if I sell, said sell to one guy? Without saying, and not two. My. Marvuna says, you said one, that means one and no more. If you sold it to two people, three people, hundred people, the deal's invalid. So Ravchista and Rav Baravuna say that it means one and even two. Alright, and, uh, even if you sold it to a lot of people. So now, Ravnachman came to visit Surah. So these two Amoraim who held that, that if you sell it to more than one, it's still valid, came to him in Amrule and they said, okay, I got him I. What do you, how do you rule? You, the great Dayan of Nachman, how do you rule in this case? He, he agreed with them. What if the Shaliach sold it for less than its value? In other words, the, the fellow said sell it to one. So you're, you're agreeing with us that if he sold it to two or three, that's okay. What if he sold it for less than his value? <clears throat> That's, I wasn't saying that. I just meant if he sold it at right market value, but he sold it in smaller parcels, it's, val- it's valid. 
But we know the ruling that there is no onah, there is no consideration of uh, over or underpricing when it comes to karkot. So how can you say that the shaliach undersold that it's invalid? Which, of course, cuts to the core of our Mishnah. It says, when is there no onah like karkot? When the owner sells it too cheaply or for too much. If the shaliach sells it for less than its value, the owner can say, I sent you to fix things for me, not to mess things up, and therefore the shlichut is invalid, and therefore the sale goes back. Since when do we say that a shaliach is different than the fellow who sent him, even though I can send you to send you to sell something for me, and you are in my place, so how come if I make a mistake, it's valid, and if you make a mistake, it's not? Because we see the same thing with in the case of Truma. I send you to take Truma. Remember, Mida Oraita, the smallest amount I take, one seed for a whole field is valid Truma. Mida the the amount that we give is 2%. But there's wiggle room. A generous guy will give 140th, a smiley guy will give 160th. That's all within acceptable range. Now, if I send you to take truma, and I didn't tell you how much to take, Torim Kedat Balabite, you take the amount that I normally take, the percentage I normally take. And if you don't know what I normally take, you take the average, the, the mainstream, which is 150th, 2%. But you have wiggle room up to 10, one, uh, to 10 uh, either way, meaning you can give 160th or 140th, and that'll still be valid. But that's the, that's the, those are the boundaries. But in the case of the owner himself, we have a bright that says, If you took truma and you grabbed in and you ended up taking one fifth, then truma to truma. Then, um, sorry, achad mi asrim, right, one, uh, you, you ended up grabbing, uh, five percent, one fifth. But five percent, Truma to truma, it's still valid truma, which means a very large mistake done by the owner still is valid, whereas a, there's only minimal wiggle room for the shaliach. So we see that a shaliach is not the same as balabait, even where shlichut, um, where shluchoshadon kemoto, and therefore when a shaliach undersells land, it will be negated, because the balabait said, I didn't send you for that, even though ain't on all the karkot. So no Toshma, let's see if we can solve our problem again. So we saw at the end of our Mishnah that if you sell the piece of land and only the last one is sold improperly, that the rest of the deal is valid. So it sounds as if, again, it sounds as if when you sold less than you were told to, that amount is valid. That's talking about a case where there are parcels that we already saw, and therefore they could not be divided up. Uh, and uh, and therefore we say that each one of those independent sales is good, and only the last sale, standing independently, is not good. We will continue in the next podcast with the Mishnah Daf Tzaditet Amud Bet, and continue until the uh, the end of the parak on Daf Kuf Aleph Amud Bet. Everyone should have a wonderful day.